As featured in the November 2023 issue of Men's Health Magazine, To Catch a Con Man is the very intimate and detailed true story of exposing one of the most prolific and successful serial con men to operate in the Midwest. A career con man who was able to get away with scamming and stealing in and around the suburbs of Chicago for more than 40 years. What's even more interesting is that he had never been arrested in Illinois for running his scams, some that date as far back as the 1980s. If there is a living devil and evil on this earth, it is him. To Catch a Con Man is brought to you by Studio 847 in Long Grove, Illinois. Could a hundred grand sustain my life? It couldn't even come close. So, so listen to me. If I was going to be in some sort of a con, scam, conniving thing, it'd be for millions. It wouldn't be for $100,000. Listener discretion is advised, as some of this programming contains language and content that might be offensive to some listeners. Thank you for your support. On the previous episode of To Catch a Con Man, you heard the backstory of Ricky Dugo, who may turn out to be one of the most prolific and successful scammers in the Midwest. On this episode, a master plan comes together as Adam attempts to change the narrative. This is Cloaked in Anonymity. Join me on this adventure, To Catch a Con Man. This is Adam Albin. With additional verification that I wasn't the first person he had ripped off, I set out to create a plan where I could change the narrative and attempt to recoup the money I gave Rick Dugo. A plan that would need to be executed to precision. One false move, one misstep in executing my plan and my goose could be cooked. A single detail would be paramount. I would execute my strategy completely cloaked in anonymity, under the guise of nothing more than an email alias. No one could know my name. No one would be able to find me or link me directly as the whistleblower of sorts. I needed to find other victims that he had stolen money from for what at the time I thought was his only and identical scam as mine. The opportunity and eventual scam Dugo was selling was access to a once-a-year friends and family discount to purchase electronics and appliances. The deal was cash only, and you pre-ordered directly with Rick within 48 hours of him pitching the deal to you. If you missed the 48 hours, the window closed and wouldn't reopen until the same time next year. The time to act was now, Adam. It's the classic limited time offer, which is rooted in a psychological phenomenon known as loss aversion. Loss aversion is an observation that human beings experience losses asymmetrically and more severely than equivalent gains. In layman's terms, most of us go out of our way to find limited time deals because we fear we may lose out if we do not act fast enough. Think of the craziness on what's become of Black Friday. That is the quintessential example of loss aversion. 
What I didn't know at the time was this particular scam was just one of many in Dugo's conman playbook. I thought about it for a minute. I grabbed an older iPad and wiped it clean, resetting it to factory fresh. I created a new Apple ID, went out to the App Store, and downloaded Facebook. I went out to Dugo's wife's Facebook page, Shannon Dugo. In the summer of 2018, her Facebook page was a public profile chalk full of pictures of Rick and Shannon on various vacations. And I screenshot them and did some editing so I had a nice and clear profile picture of Ricky Dugo. After a quick few edits, I was ready to go. The final product, a brand new Ricky Dugo Facebook profile page. I added the profile picture and selected a background picture of a huge 46-foot offshore cigarette boat to validate the profile as that was Dugo's favorite pastime. Under his name, I wrote, If you have given money to him with the promise of a triple-your-money return, email rick at gmail.com. The profile pictures and background photo of the cigarette boat were spot on. It looked 100% legitimate. The Ricky Dugo spoof page was created. With his profile picture uploaded and ready for me to use, I started to reach out to everyone I knew from Export Fitness in Libertyville, Illinois, the same gym Ricky and I went to almost every day. I had been a member at that particular gym since 2007. I sent out over 300 friend requests within 24 hours. Unbeknownst to me, Export Fitness was one of Rick's favorite places to rip people off. It was his office of sorts, large enough in size and membership he could easily execute his scams. In my opinion, Dugo committed a cardinal sin. The gym, more importantly, the gym life, is something most fitness enthusiasts hold sacred. The gym we attend is our place of worship. We think of it as a safe haven on our path to personal fitness salvation. It was a mecca for making everlasting friendships with like-minded people while striving to attain our own personal fitness goals. You do not commit your scams in this gym. You do not use the gym as your personal conning office. Gym rule number one, please re-rack your weights after use. Gym rule number two, sanitize equipment after use. Gym rule number three, do not fuck your gym friends over and steal their money using lies and deceit. The goal was to reach enough people and notify the public that there was a very bad actor living in our backyard. I needed to find new Ricky Dugo victims, and I needed the profile page and the profile's messages to spread fast and go viral. The clock was ticking. I knew it was just a matter of time before one of Dugo's gym buddies saw the profile and tipped Rick off. 
Rick would then contact Facebook and notify them that someone created a spoof profile page of him. Next, he would demand that Facebook take it down and block the user who created it. I surmised I had about 72 hours before the Ricky Dugo Facebook spoof page vanished, much like that missing 46-foot cigarette boat. I stayed glued to my computer and started requesting access to the local Facebook groups in the surrounding northern Illinois areas. Mundelein Moms, Vernon Hills Moms, Lake County Garage Sales, Oakmont Neighbors at Greg's Landing. Basically, I attempted to find the user groups in the area that had the largest memberships and those that would chit-chat and pass these messages on. The tactic was a way to put the public and my neighbors on notice. The messages said, there is a con man operating in our backyard. His name is Ricky Dugo. Steer clear of him and stay vigilant. Each message ended with, if you have been conned or scammed by Rick Dugo, please reach out to connedbyrick at gmail.com and someone from the team will be in touch. I use the word team on purpose as I wanted to flex a little and give the impression that there were many of us investigating Dugo. I will admit now that there was no team of investigators behind the con by Rick at gmail.com email box. There was no team that was investigating Ricky Dugo for fraud, cons, and or scams. The only person behind the email box was me. I also purposely posted comments on his main profile that were specific to Vernon Hills and that neighborhood, Greg's Landing, Dugo was living in. Mind you, at the time, I lived in Gurney, which is 20 minutes north of Vernon Hills. The idea was to shift Rick's focus away from me and create an online diversion of sorts that kept him guessing at which neighbor or victim in Vernon Hills created this very public-shaming Facebook profile. This was all part of my design, as I had another trick up my sleeve that would be coming in a few days. Back to the plan. If anyone actually was a victim and found the profile page, maybe, just maybe, they would have the courage to reach out. And if by chance they did reach out, I would vet each and every email and message to ensure that they weren't being sent by Dugo himself in an attempt to spook me into thinking he was on to me. I would then make contact with each victim via email, ask for their phone numbers, and then star 67 the phone call so that no one could track down my personal phone number. I would listen to their stories, write down meticulous notes about what Dugo had stolen from them with times and dates and places. And then I would ask each potential victim if they would be willing to participate in this investigation to take Dugo down. I had to find enough victims who were conned so that local law enforcement would be pressed to open an investigation. In theory, that was my plan. And it worked. Almost too well. Through the process of digging in on who else was out there, 
I uncovered a plethora of different shams where Dugo conned and scammed innocent victims for luxury sports cars and heavy-duty pickup trucks, Harley-Davidson motorcycles and Honda dirt bikes, Rolex watches, rented houses, furniture, and four incredibly expensive cigarette boats. He sold fictitious partnerships and car washes. He claimed to be the inventor of an innovative soap polymer that would revolutionize the car wash industry. He built potential investors out of hundreds of thousands of dollars using this special soap as a ground-level opportunity before it went public. Slick Rick is a common nickname used by many people who knew Dugo's past. Quite fitting, if you ask me. What I knew early on, and within about a week into this investigation, was that Ricky Dugo was not a small-time criminal and grifter. Oh, no. No, no. No, 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 no. This guy was 100% professional-grade con artist that happened to be living in our backyards. One of the most successful criminals to operate in the affluent areas of the North Shore of Chicago, running his confidence tricks for more than 40 years. I couldn't understand how this guy was not on anybody's radar. Each new con and scam he pulled off helped to fund this image of burgeoning success. He was flush with cash. At the time I was conned, he was living in a rented house under someone else's name, not paying the rent. The Mercedes S-Class, the Ford F-350 Dually pickup truck, a Dodge Viper, and a Nissan GTR were all scams he pulled off by duping victims in and around Illinois and Indiana. He promised to pay the loans on behalf of them under the fake promise that he would help them build their credit scores up. As soon as he obtained the vehicles, he never paid a dime on those loans. And every victim was left holding the bag while Dugo drove these $100,000 cars to the gym and on trips and to pull his 46-foot scammed cigarette boat. Since the Dugos didn't actually own or rent a house in their name, the repo man was constantly playing a game of cat and mouse trying to repossess their cars. The longer the cars, bikes, and boats were out there, the more pressure was being applied by the banks to the folks who had their names on these loans. And every car and motorcycle that was scammed by Rick had a settlement judgment for thousands of dollars in fees and penalties. The clothes he wore, the clothes his kids wore, the Louis Vuitton purses his wife pranced around with, shit, the food on his table, the steroids he took, all bought and paid for by people who fell prey to his shams. His entire existence was nothing more than smoke and mirrors. Yet his conning business was thriving, and there was no way anyone was going to stop him. Well, all of that may be true, but that was before he conned me.
Before I go further, I wanted to say I did have a lot of help along the way in the form of confidants, so many victims who offered to help me, local law enforcement, CBS2 Chicago, and the Lake County Scanner, the Lake County State's Attorney's Office, and their white-collar crime detectives and victims advocates were some of the stars of this show. It literally took a village to catch a con man. And for those that stood with me, for all of those that entrusted me with their stories and facts and evidence, thank you. Believing in me gave me the confidence and strength I needed to achieve the goals which I promised each and every one of you. I owe you all a debt of gratitude. I could not have done any of this without you. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never stop until justice is served. It's May 31st, 2018. It's a Thursday, and today is Breakthrough Day. I finally get my first hit to the conbyrick at gmail.com address. One of Rick's old neighbors in Greg's Landing contacts me at 11.17 a.m. The email says, no idea who you are and no need to disclose your name. Long story short, I confronted Rick after he scammed at least six people in my neighborhood for roughly $25,000. Yesterday, he reached out to another neighbor to say he was trying to figure out how to get me to take this Facebook account down. Just giving you a heads up that he's attempting to see who is behind this. Also, we are fairly confident he is moving to another Vernon Hills neighborhood. A few hours later, I receive another lead in an email, suckered me for 35000 in the same deal and same promise. Goes on to say, the transaction between him and Dugo happened in Schaumburg, Illinois, about two years ago in 2016. The Facebook spoof page is spreading like a disease. A few hours later, another email from the landlord of the house in Greg's Landing where the Dugos were living at. That email goes into detail about how Rick and Shannon Dugo were living in his house as unknown occupants. The name on the lease was a man named Jeff Klein, who lived in southern Illinois. Faraz lived in California and had hired Remax as an agent to rent out his house. In the months that followed, I was able to obtain a copy of that lease. Some of the oddities I noticed immediately are that Rick and Shannon Dugo used Jeff Klein's name and driver's license number on the credit application to illegally obtain this lease. However, they provided their own information for the rest. On the application, they use Rick Dugo's phone number as the contact number. They also use Shannon's personal email address, writing down shandugo1213 at gmail.com. 
Another snippet lies in the names of the other occupants on this application. I won't say the names of their children, but they are the same names of Rick and Shannon's three children that they have together. The vehicles listed were many of the scammed SUVs at the time. A 2015 Cadillac Escalade, a 2015 Chevy Suburban, and a 2011 Ford F-350 Super Duty pickup truck. The most damning thing Faraz had kept during this nightmare were two voicemails where Ricky Dugo is recorded in the audio as impersonating Jeff Klein. Dugo was pretending to be Jeff Klein in these calls where he is trying to buy time to stay longer in his house. Here are those recordings for your listening pleasure. Hey, Faraz, it's Jeff. It is uh, 9 o'clock our time um, here in Chicago. Um, they're finally letting uh, my son out of the hospital tomorrow morning. Thank God. Um, so um, I will uh, be able to handle um, our situation again. Uh, I even believe by now that 28 is probably available. I know 20,000 is for sure. But um, anyway, I will... Uh, I, I, they said release them in the morning, kind of know how hospitals are. Uh, morning doesn't always mean uh, 9 a.m., unfortunately, but uh, sometime tomorrow they're going to sign his release for him to leave, they said, when his doctor comes in. So um, I get him released. Uh, but he can give me a call. Uh, either way, um, as soon as you get a minute, um, I'm at the hospital. I'm not going to leave the hospital. So yeah, uh, my phone will be me all night. So 773 uh, 706 3665. Thank you. Hey, Faraz, it's Jeff, 726, um, give me a call or um, whatever, just uh, again, uh, I'll tell you uh, how I'm trying to work this out, and um, I don't know, it's falling out deaf here for some reason, which pain, I understand, but, um, or text me if you're not going to talk to me, text me your attorney's number or something, I don't know, um, either way, if uh, like I've said, if my uncle does not have a cash offer which you can close out immediately by June 1st, I will move everything out, talk to you, and pay you what's owed. Um, so that it's, it's said clearly. Um, and that's not something I back out on. June 1st, if you are not set for closing on a cash deal, then I will be moved out the house to clean and I'll pay you what's owed. And we can part ways. It's, Tried to tell you all along, there'd never be reason for you to spend money on court or for any of that. But you're not to speak to me, um, okay? But just maybe send me your attorney's number or something, um, and I'll give it to my attorney and let him talk to him. And this gets dragged out. However, I just not don't want you to think anybody's dodging you or anything else. I, I've said this in some I just want to make sure that you um, are clear that no one's trying to take anything or do anything um you you'll be paid for the house in full and my uncle will own it and i'll live there or um i'd move out by the first the house would be in perfect condition and i'll pay you what's owed and we can move on our way if that's the way it has to go please give me a call back thank you of course both of these 
are complete bullshit. These unknown occupants, a.k.a. the Dugos, were eventually evicted, but it cost Faraz over $35,000 in unpaid rent and legal fees. Faraz said he knew of and talked to Ricky Dugo scam victims from the Lake of the Ozarks, and he provided me with two new possible victims to reach out to. In the afternoon of May 31st, 2018, I happen to notice someone is now following the Ricky Dugo Facebook profile page I created. I click on his name. It's one of Rick's old buddies and the godfather to Rick's son. At the time, he was also a Chicago police detective. Now, you will hear the correspondence of those messages that went back and forth over a two-day period. For the purposes of this podcast, he will be known as the Godfather. We noticed you are following this page. We have some background information that you were at one time one of Rick's good friends. You are a former police officer. Obviously, we are curious as to the reason you are following this page. Are you willing to help with information? He replies, Not former officer, current. I have a lot to say about how me and my family and friends have been fucked over by him. I'll get back to you. I reply, Oh, Sorry we misspoke about you being a former officer. We appreciate the service, sir. We would love to connect. The next day, he contacts me. Has anyone contacted you since yesterday with additional stories of being scammed? I replied to him, We have additional parties to reach. Rick had a girl at export buy two motorcycles under her name, and obviously he took them and then they were repossessed. She nearly lost her house. Mr. Godfather, you could be instrumental. From what we hear, you know how professional grade Ricky Dugo is. He replies, I don't know how he gets away with all of this. If I did, I wouldn't be a victim. I do know that he has a million excuses and thinks quickly to form a lie into fitting the current situation. The smartest thing he does is that he does not have a single thing tied in his name to anything that could hurt him financially. He convinces dummies like me to believe his bullshit and sign up for him. I think you know that already. I replied, as a detective, you haven't tried to make a case against him? At what point does defrauding, conning, scamming from what seems like hundreds of people change from something civil to something criminal? You signed your name buying him a boat, correct? I realize that that was many questions lobbed into a few. Mr. Godfather replies, it takes someone to follow through within the time frame allowed by the statutes of limitations. And for most of us, by the time we realize that all his promises are lies and that he never has intended to pay us back, that time frame lapses. 
Investigator Anthony Williams of the Missouri Attorney General's Office is someone you need to talk to. I've heard he threatened people with himself being part of the Sicilian mob, laughing out loud. He has no friends left in his life, and he is certainly not affiliated with any criminal organization. I reply, what is the statute of limitations in Illinois? The Godfather says, it depends on the crime, three years or seven years. Federal is three years in almost everything. I reply, good, we are within the limitations. The Godfather goes on, anything I can do to help, please let me know, but not from this profile. I can't stand to see his face or name pop up on my phone. Contact me in the future from a valid profile or give me a cell phone number. I tell him, we understand and thank you. At this point, we were concerned you may be his best friend that's a cop and loyal to him. He continues to sell you and his other past buddies as the front behind the scam. The interesting thing about the Godfather is that I was so suspicious he was a mole at first, being one of Rick's former best friends and the Godfather to Rick's son. But in time, he proved to be a wealth of information. He was also a Ricky Dugo victim, as was his mother and sister and three friends who all claimed he had stolen over $400,000. He would email me from a bizarre email alias to the conbyrick at gmail.com address, feeding me all sorts of information over the first few months of my investigation. He shared many key updates on what he was hearing through his associates, like where the Dugos were living and what Rick was saying about the eventual investigation. He was also skeptical of me at first as well, saying he wouldn't talk or tell me his real story into the police the FBI or attorney general were involved. I think he was frustrated that he spent a lot of time talking to the Missouri attorney's general's investigator that opened the Russell James Fisk case up. More than a few people in Missouri told me to contact an investigator named Anthony Williams, who worked for the Missouri attorney's general's office. I called Anthony Williams on several occasions. I sent him many emails, none of which were ever responded to. I have a beef with the Missouri Attorney General, as they didn't do enough in their investigation. They never made any arrest. They didn't follow up with many of the victims I have talked to from the Lake of the Ozarks. If they had done their job in 2017 and applied pressure to Rick, I firmly believe I would never have been targeted by Dugo in Illinois in 2018. Yet, without Missouri taking any firm action, like so many other policing entities being asked to look into this serial con man in the past, they let it slide and they buried the case. How does over $2 million in scams in the Lake of the Ozarks not warrant a follow-up and or grand jury indictment? 
that surely would have slowed his role. Instead, Rick, who is very aware of the investigation into him by Missouri, wasn't held accountable to even answer questions in any of the allegations in Missouri. Again, this only emboldens Dugo. He acts like he is untouchable, one where he is unstoppable, and in his mind, he doesn't need to stop his fraudulent activities. Why would he? Instead, Dugo comes back to the Chicagoland area late summer of 2017 and immediately starts to target his neighbors in Greg's Landing using the tried-and-true electronic scam he successfully used in Missouri. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's the evening hours of May 31st. 2018. The day was flying by. It was like the floodgates had opened and I had all of these new leads to follow up on. All potential victims received emails and then I set up times to call them to hear their stories. I made sure to write down detailed notes. One victim would tell me of someone else they knew that was also a victim. Victim after victim told me their horror stories of being financially decimated by Ricky Dugo. As exciting as it was to find these new victims, hearing the details of each story weighed so heavy on my heart and in my mind. The victim toll kept racking up, notching higher and higher as the day went on. Please keep in mind, I am just a regular guy with a very regular full-time career and family and obligations. Did I have time for a new hobby? As with anything I do, if I commit to it, I really commit to it. As excited I was to know so many others had found me, and now I was finding them, I started to question if I was built for this. Was I up to the task of trying to take down a monster in our community when it seemed like he had been so untouchable by law enforcement in Illinois? The Lake of the Ozarks keeps coming up with Dugo running his con game through the area in 2016 through 2017. Is Lake of the Ozarks building a case? Did the attorney general in Missouri actually open an investigation? The more victim stories that came in, the more questions I started asking myself and others. How could so many people from so many different places lose so much money to him? I was exhausted. I remember I forgot to eat that day. The emotions were immense. I remember the mania I felt trying to wrap my head around what turned out to be such a good day hearing such sad stories. The plan I created was working, and I was gaining momentum and the confidence I needed to take this shit to the next level. I needed to get some rest and turn in for the night as I am exhausted from the day. Unfortunately, I am hearing so much sadness in these stories. My mind struggles to shut down that night. I toss and turn. My brain is searching for a single morsel of hope in all of this. 
As I am tossing and turning, the Ricky Dugo spoof page is being removed by Facebook. I won't realize this until the next morning when I get an email from one of my confidants asking me why the page was removed. All records of the page itself and all of my posts pretending to be Ricky Dugo are no more. No more public warnings remain. Every trace of the profile had vanished. I am left to wonder how far and wide did the warnings travel? Are people talking about this at the gym or in the community and his neighborhood? Did I do enough to prevent another person, just one more person, from losing money to this flimflam man? That morning, I could do nothing more than hope that I had. To this day, I can't really tell you how many people viewed the Ricky Dugo Facebook profile page. Hundreds, maybe thousands. As the only real validation I received was when I went back to export fitness in the days that passed and played along asking my gym peeps if they had seen it too. Everyone I talked to had. They sent it to their other friends, who sent it to their other friends. The cat was out of the bag in the afternoon of May 30th, and that was the last day Dugo ever showed up at Export Fitness in Libertyville. He was going underground, in a sense, staying out of the public spaces, and working on finding a new gym to work his cons out of. Thank you for listening to Episode 2, Cloaked in Anonymity. Adam's plan comes together, one that had to be shrouded in secrecy. The spoof page turns to spread like a disease. Is it really working, or will Dugo be able to find out who his faceless attacker is? If you are engrossed by this story, please tell your friends and family about it and help us spread the word. Sharing is caring, and if we can protect just one more victim from falling prey to a scammer, we'll have done our part to make the world a safer place. The upcoming episode of To Catch a Con Man is one of our favorites, as the victim tricks Ricky Dugo into a conversation you will not want to miss. <laughs>